0: This is the Fan the Flame podcast. Hey everyone, this is Shane from Fan the Flame and I'm here with my lovely wife Rebecca. We're going to be talking about episode 2, I Am a Child of God. Uh, But before we dive into the episode, I want to share a few things uh, this podcast is uh, created in conjunction with a ministry school we're doing,
1: which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Yeah, here in Copenhagen, Denmark.
0: Yeah, in Denmark. And uh, so we uh, we created this podcast to go along with the teachings, but we wanted to provide this out there for everyone so we can engage with this conversation, which is how to make revival a lifestyle. How do you uh, walk the life that Jesus walked in and do what he's called us to do? So that's what this whole podcast is about. And uh, so today's episode, chap- uh, episode two, is diving into um, actually viewing God with the right perspective. Mm. And, uh, you know, our goal is that uh, that we would just explore His heavenly personality as our Father, uh, because that ultimately is going to shape how we view ourselves, how we view the world, and, and how we live. Mm. And, uh, you know... Uh, this is important because if we can get this right, uh, if we can understand the, the the right answers to that question of uh, who is God and who do, uh, what does He think about me, those two questions uh, create the foundation for our lives. Hmm. And so, you know, the love of God is the foundation of the kingdom.
1: Hmm. And I also know that a lot of, when you look at family structure, like, children actually get their identity from from their parents. That they learn who they are through their parents.
0: Yeah, we, we have a beautiful young little child and he uh, he often, you, you can notice that is he has a lot of confidence because because he looks into our eyes and he knows that he's safe mm-hmm. and it makes him do some wild and crazy things, right?
1: Yeah, like jump out the couch and expect us to catch him. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He knows we're going to catch him and he, he plays with us. I mean, he will, he, he, he started doing a trust fall recently actually yeah, too, right? Yeah, he
1: will check if you're ready for him and then he'll just let go and... You have to catch him.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, all, it's only a little terrifying for the parents. <laughs> only a little terrifying. So I got some power statements. These are statements uh, we can declare. Uh, number one, I am valuable not for what I do, but because of whose I am.
2: Hmm.
0: Number two, God loves me because he loves me because he loves me.
1: Unconditional.
0: Unconditional. Number three, God didn't call me to be his slave or worker, but his son or daughter.
1: Mm.
0: That's a good word.
1: And it's like the prodigal son who came home. And he was about to be saying to his dad, I am ready to just serve you. But his father was like, no, I want you to be my son.
0: Put a ring on that finger. Yeah. Slay the calf. Mm -hmm. The calf? The pig. No, the calf. The calf. (laughs) Number four. They're
1: juice, probably.
0: They're juicy. (laughs) They're very juicy. (laughs) They probably don't eat pigs. They probably don't eat hooved animals club feed animals or dirty animals number 4 it's in enjoying the countenance of his face that any level of fruitfulness begins hmm. that's probably pretty wordy but the point of that is that when we look at his face hmm. that's when we can be fruitful in ministry hmm. you know it's not it's not uh it's not just about doing this stuff it's about it's about knowing who we're doing it for so we got two parts to this uh beautiful uh topic about being a child of god part one is looking at our daddy in heaven and looking at uh his attributes his characteristics what he's like Mm. and then part two is uh how that affects us how he views us and uh our identity as children Mm. so uh i'm going to start by just sharing a little bit about my story um this this uh, viewing God as a father rocked me uh, when I was uh, a few years ago when I was in college, I remember pursuing God with like everything that I was. I was reading three books at a time.
2: Mm.
0: I was uh, reading the Bible I had I read a couple chapters of the Bible every day. I um you know, I was doing it. I was doing a Bible study, I was in a discipleship group. I was in a leadership group. Uh, I was in everything. I had my hands in everything because I just wanted to give God everything that I had. And so I did all these things and I thought that was really great and fruitful and I felt close and connected with Him. Mm -hmm. Um, But I came to a place after a few months of doing this where I got burned out. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And that burnout season was really actually one of the most impactful seasons of my life because I realized that God wasn't... um, I didn't need to vie for God's affection. I didn't need to try to strive for His affection. He and
1: was He was willing to meet you in the rest, is is? Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, it was like a forced rest. I couldn't do the productive things that I wanted to do. I mm-hmm. tried to read my Bible, and I couldn't actually read it and comprehend what I was reading. So I would, I would actually listen to the audio Bible. It was mm-hmm. the only way I could receive it. You know, I, I mentally, I just was. So overwhelmed with stuff. Mm. And uh, so anyways, in that season, I started to um, really learn to to disengage from all the, 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 the unnecessary things that I was doing. And I thought it was kingdom work, eternal perspective I had in mind. But I realized uh, I was actually doing it in order to gain God's affection. And he spoke to me, I remember, um, towards the uh, turn of the year. I went to a conference called Urbana, and um, in it, um, I I was uh, seeing all of these different things that you could do, these organizations that were doing mission trips and stuff like that. And I didn't feel peace about doing any of this stuff, but I wanted to change the world. You know, I was so passionate. I wanted to see a discipleship-making movement, do missions, whatever, do the Great Commission, because we're called to make disciples. And I felt no peace about it, so I said, "I need to go to the prayer room and get prayer." So I did. The prayer room was closed, but the uh, the proctor of the prayer room. Next thing I know, for the first time in my life, I had a vision. And in the vision, there was this clock, and it was ticking. And there were these waves. And and anyways, um, I I shared with her this picture. I didn't. It was just a picture in my mind. It wasn't like a like a physical, like uh, uh, open vision or whatever. I was this picture in my mind and, uh, she said, you know, she asked me, what does it mean? And I told her, I said, um, I felt the Lord was saying that to wait and rest in my timing. Mm. And, uh, I was, after this vision, I was shaking. I felt so weak. I could barely stand, uh, kind of like how, uh, you know, Daniel was weak under the presence of God. And, um, so anyways, um, I she she had me go to uh, get prayer ministry because she knew something you know God was doing something very powerfully and um, it was it was there that I received uh, uh, prayer from these uh, two incredible men and one of them said that you don't have to perform for the affection of God. So this journey of experiencing the heart of the Father uh, began for me in burnout where I realized I was taking my, uh, my tool belt of how to please a father that I had learned over the years by um, my experiences, what I thought God would you know, consider as a good offering to him. I took my understanding and I placed it in that. And I was very passionate for God. But it wasn't until these, uh, these months and these moments in my life that I, everything changed for me because I, I got a clear picture of God.
2: Hmm.
0: And we want to have that. We all want to have an encounter with the Lord where we realize His full affection for us, His picture of us as a father. And so, um, you know, the the end result of all of uh, this this experience was that I've realized that God was um, such a good father that even the th- small things He cares about.
2: Hmm.
0: You know, I didn't even feel like I could waste money on something as small as like a latte. Aww yeah yeah and uh, I remember having my first uh, coffee date with God <laughs> months later where I felt like he said I could get a, co- a you know get a coffee because mm. I wanted everything to have eternal significance
2: mm. and
0: I had um, it was in that season that I had rejected uh, certain activities that were leisure activities like playing you know, video games and stuff like that mm. and uh, I realized I could actually enjoy God even in that stuff you know and um, and and so I wound up experiencing uh, experiencing God in areas that were previously like separated from him you know mm. and um, realizing his deep 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 goodness and it caused me to um, actually trust him for some very powerful things to happen uh, later on in life uh, a few months later just the the incredible testimonies of supernatural provision that he uh, to happen, so that was obviously one of the most marking moments of my life to encounter him as a father. Okay, so you may know this, you may not, but a father, a physical father, creates a few things for a child that are necessary for them to thrive in life. Number one is a father establishes your sense of identity, who you are, um, they bring value, they uh, demonstrate values in the family. Um, they bring cognitive and emotional development for a child. So for a, for a child to actually thrive, even academically, a lot of that has to do with family um, and uh, father being part of that. Uh, next, social development for them to be able to develop the right way socially. And then uh, fathers also bring discipline and safety. And they bring the, the need to be heard. Um, these are all things that the Father brings. And obviously you can translate all of these things to our Heavenly Father, that God has created us, established a new cultural identity, that we are in Christ, we are a new creation. And God influences how we think, our emotional state, our social development, all of these things that we need to develop and mature as people we need to get from Jesus. We need to get from our Father in Heaven. And if we don't have a right view of God, if we think he's angry or he's this taskmaster or if he's distant, these things influence how we view God. These things create uh, sort of barriers to developing into the fullness of Christ that we're called to be. The joy of the Lord that we're called to experience. And so number one, who is he? He's the creator and the provider. God created all things on planet earth. All things that are good, and uh, if he's—I like to say this—if he's the creator, he's the most creative thing on planet on on planet Earth. He's the most creative being, and so um, if we know that he's creative, then we shouldn't fear the artistic creativity that's within us, mm-hmm. and we should also know that God loves art. He loves art. Mm-hmm. And uh, He is also the provider, which means that He provided all the natural resources necessary for humankind to thrive. And you obviously know many different verses that talk about this, but God has created everything and He will take care of us because He's the provider. Next one, uh, God shows love and compassion. You know, I love uh, the fact that um, First Second uh, Corinthians 1, three says, Praise be to God the Father, uh, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. So, God is actually someone who comforts us in our time of weakness, in our time of pain, and uh, He can empathize with us. It says that He actually can empathize in our weakness because Jesus Himself suffered. And uh, he experienced the temptations that we face. Mm. I think that's so important because there's times when um, I know for me, the temptation is to think, okay, I need to fix this thing,
1: Mm. you
0: know, because obviously God is so wise. He knows that I'm being an idiot right now. I I sort of uh, try to logically analyze the situation and fix myself because honestly, that's, I've been taught, I've been raised to, you know, fix your problems and, and, and do that, which is great. But we need to know that God is our comforter, mm, yeah. and the best way to fix your problem is to realize you need help to fix your problem, and go to Him mm-hmm. and and experience His loving embrace.
1: Yeah, yeah. I actually have a, a story of just it. It just shows how God. He just He wants to be our friend. And you see that throughout the Bible, how God, he's constantly trying to show people who he is. And um, the people that actually got a hold of God, it, it speaks about them as they were walking with God. They were friends of God. And, and just how, how beautiful it is that he spoke about Moses as his friend. Mm, and so how um, he said to him, like, I, to my to my prophets, there will always be prophets. And he, he gives visions. He said... To my provis- prophets, I always give a vision. I I give them a, a prophetic word, but to my Mo- to Moses, my friend, it's different because I, I speak to him straightforward. Yeah, as and, a friend speaks to a friend. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's just a heart of God for each one of us. Actually, if we can just actually step into um, step into the other side of the veil, and then just um, be be his friend and um, have a fun story that was. Um, it was at a conference where there was a bunch of people there learning how to hear God's voice and they were prophesying over each other. And, and this uh, guy came to receive a prophetic word and he was sitting in, I think he was sitting in a chair or something. And anyway, um, the person who prophesies over him says, um, says this. She says, buddy, buddy, you are my buddy. <laughs> I count you as my friend and this guy he just starts bawling because like literally his whole life he, he said this himself he said my whole life i've been asking god can i be your friend god like do you oh, think man. i could be your friend like he was not sure wow. and and in that moment god was just like yeah you can be wow. my friend and uh, really funny detail what's his name was actually buddy ha <laughs> ha. yeah so it's stories oh, like that for man. me that's st- stories like that it just shows me how god's name wow. like what what God's personality is like and yeah. how much he wants to be our friend
0: wow yeah so uh I love that you know that just that just demonstrates the fact that god God p- pays attention to the details mm-hmm you know and uh you know no no question is too small of a question for god
1: yeah and that's really like his words are truth and that's what's going to set us free that man was just totally set free that yeah.
0: day that guy's life was changed yeah. just because someone connected with the heart of god for another person
1: mm-hmm.
0: she probably had no idea no. she's just like she sharing didn't what know she felt. him yeah yeah that's a good word mm-hmm. um next one god shows his providence and his care and uh, we just talked a little bit about that, but um, Matthew six thirty one through thirty three. We all know it. Don't worry, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? What purse should I have? Just kidding. You like? <laughs> you ever worry about that?
1: What purse I should have?
0: I don't think you ever worry about what purse you're gonna wear, right? You're probably no. A, no.
1: I'm not that into brands.
0: Brands? Mm. No. What What do you feel like? Uh, what do you worry about? Tell me your worries.
1: Um, I worry about paperwork and <laughs> my green card. <laughs> <laughs> but I shouldn't oh, worry about it gosh. because God has it has wow. it under control.
0: So. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I worry about not eating. And I'm like, I'm hungry, but then I don't, and then I don't, I don't really care enough to make food. So I start, I I have a fast, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Well, anyways, what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them, Mm. but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. That's a good word.
2: Mm.
0: I love that. I remember telling God, I was like frustrated because we were newly married and I'm like trying to figure out life. And I'm like, God, but I'm supposed to be the provider.
2: Mm.
0: You know what he said? He said, are you? Mm. That's all he said. And I was like, this is awkward. Very awkward moment where uh, I realized, uh, oh, wait a minute. Since when does the Bible say we're supposed to be the providers? Never. Now, I understand men are created in the image of their father. And we we're like under shepherds in a sense, right? God is our good shepherd. We mm. represent him in nature. Mm. But we're not the provider. No. We are not the provider. You,
1: you're the priest of the household.
0: The priest, which means I need to get my white garments on and start sacrificing animals, huh?
1: No. No, no don't do that.
0: No, don't. Okay. Is that the <laughs> wrong religion? Maybe. Okay. Um, I love this Matthew 7:11. 7, 7:11. 11. 7, 11. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven could give, give, good, 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 give good gifts to those who ask him? I love that. You know, there's that, uh, God is not Santa Claus. I love that story. Someone.
1: Oh, that was Heidi Baker. She She's a missionary in Africa, and she went to uh, study theology. And, yeah, she felt like God told her to do that. But the thing is, a lot of the professors did not believe that God is the provider, um, Mm. like, in a miracle sense, like, bringing miracles. That's interesting.
0: God is provider in the the theological, conceptual sense, but not really the provider. So,
1: yeah, she was joking around and, and pretending to be the professor and saying, God is not Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> How many
0: have heard, I mean, I've heard that message, right? God is not Santa Claus. And you're like, oh, come on. Do you remember when? You know, and I we can all point to stories when we were blessed and we didn't deserve it. You know, if we're not going to give God credit for giving us good gifts, then who do you want to give credit? I mean, I mean, right? Who gets the idea of giving gifts, anyways? Mm. Is that from Satan? I don't think so.
1: All good gifts comes from above, and I also just love love listening to Heidi Baker's stories because she literally experienced like where, the she was gonna give um, presents to the orphans in her orphanage, and and she just wanted to give them something special, you know. So God literally, like out of um like there was something in a bag but it wasn't what the kids wanted so literally out of that bag came like little necklaces for the girls and stuff like that so god actually changed the substance of something into into something the kids wanted oh my goodness he multiplied food for them he did all kinds of stuff so um yeah god is just a giver and he gives in abundance and Mm. i mean you experienced that in your life where you would ask God for, you ask God for a necklace, a, a ring,
0: and a sandal, <laughs> a pair like, of sandals. Yeah, and, and all of it. that
1: com- came to you, and you didn't have the money, and a friend came and gave you a ring, and a necklace, a necklace and sandals. Right? Not sandals. My Not gran- the sandals. Yeah.
0: No, I got I got sandals earlier that year.
1: You, you got sandals. Yeah. Earlier. Yeah, I but you got so everything blessed. you wanted. Got it all. You made a list for God, and he he gave it yep. to you.
0: Yep. I was like, Lord, I would like these things. Mm. I love that. I love that God cares about things that, you know, really, honestly, don't have a huge significance other than he's telling you, hey, I love you. I love you. And you can call me Santa Claus. I don't mind that either, right? Yeah. Next next area of the nature of God. He disciplines and corrects. Now, Mm. obviously, we 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 take that in light of the fact that he's good. Mm. And the word discipline, the root of that is disciple. God is discipling us and he's creating a, like, it's like a, I think of like a coach. A good coach gives us discipline in our lives so that we can actually maximize our potential. And this is that uh, strong aspect of God that he's actually looking for our best interest in mind. And if we mess up, you know what is really cool? It's his nature as a good father to come alongside us and help us, and help uh, train us into the, the uh, in, into right living. Mm-hmm. You know, he, Hebrews 12, 5 through 6 says, um, uh, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. He's literally saying here that proof of your sonship is that God is actually willing to... Uh, correct you and show you the right way,
2: mm. which is
0: beautiful. Um, I used to actually kind of, you know, have that fear like, oh my gosh, I don't I don't want to mess it up. And I, I understand we don't want to mess it up for the Lord. But if we have a fear that's motivating us, we'll never actually step out, take risk and try to do something because we want to be perfect all the time. Mm. We'll never want to go out and share the gospel because we don't want to mess up our theology.
1: Yeah, I actually think that the discipline of the Lord makes you feel safe. Ooh. Because you know that he ha- he's under control and he's going to lead you forward. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I've experienced that in my life where um, there are times when, well, because I, I, literally just what you said, it creates this sort of safety in me because I know if I do something wrong, he's going to tell me.
2: Mm. It's
0: not my responsibility to try to be introspective and try to figure out where I went wrong. Mm. But it's his good nature to actually show me exactly how I can grow. Now how I can learn.
1: And he did that. If you look at Jesus' life, he would do that to people. He would, even uh, when they were thinking some wrong thoughts, he would actually tell them, hey, this is wrong. And he, yeah, he would read what they were thinking.
2: <laughs> how amazing
1: is that? Like he's so detailed and he's not even going to let us go away with the wrong mindset. He's going to correct even that.
0: Wow. That's a good word. All right, we're going to skip down, if you're on the document, we're going to go down to the the highlighted part that says, God is the father of all Christian believers. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, Next point is this, that he has an intimate relationship with us as believers. You know the Lord's prayer, our father in heaven. It's cool because he's saying your context is from father to son or Mm -hmm. father to daughter. It's that context that we pray. Mm. It's from a relationship. And I, honestly, if we really like capture this, God's heart is that we wouldn't just pray to him with these uh, uh, these repetitive words that say, Oh, Lord, I'm this, that, or whatever, but actually pray in a conversational manner that says, Hey, uh, even as you pray, I know what you need. Mm. So just talk to me like a friend. Yeah. God, yeah. Are you going to say something?
1: I was just thinking how the Bible speaks about us being his offspring and how it actually also says this is a little bit thought-provoking but it actually says we are gods with a small g
0: Mm. and
1: i just feel like that represents the fact like the thing that god said in the very beginning we are created in his image we are like him and i just i feel like i just see that all over the the world how people are constantly creating and they have like I was watching um, America Got Talent the other day and sometimes there's some really beautiful beautiful oh, yeah. stuff. And there's uh this one guy, he was so like he was um, very handicapped and he couldn't really speak, he was blind, but he sat down at a piano and he started singing and it was like he was not sick anymore. It was the most beautiful voice and he just he was complete. He sounded so sound in his mind,
2: mm. and
1: it's just so beautiful. Like again, where the Bible said, "Every gifts, every, every good gifts come from above." And I just yeah, I just really admire um, looking at people and seeing that each one of them has something special, a gift that God has anointed them with. And mm. yeah, you can tell when people are anointed. And it it just draws people in because this is like a God given gift.
0: Yeah, you'll get whacked when you listen to that video. I actually have the link down here in the in the the, the document. His name is Cody, mm. and he has uh, autism. I'm not sure the level of autism that he's experiencing, mm. but um, yeah, when he sat down at that piano and he started singing, your jaw just drops. It's amazing. So, God is the father of all Christian believers, and He's got an intimate relationship with us. And you said something that was f- thought provoking that they called us gods with little g. Mm. You know, it's crazy because it says that we're sons of God. Like, we take after His image. Yeah. I don't know, like Hercules or something? Are we like her- little Hercules on there? <laughs> no, Hercules. Earth? We got the spirit of God Himself living inside of us.
2: Yeah.
0: And I love how um, Jesus kind of disarmed every hindrance that we might have to thinking that we have access to God the Father. Mm. You know, he said, I'm going to the Father, to my God and to your God, mm-hmm. to my Father, your Father. Yeah. And he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Mm. And he says things like, I can do nothing apart from my Father. Mm. I only see what I do Him doing in heaven. Yeah. Like I, I, that's all I do.
2: Mm.
0: And he's setting up this, I mean, he's giving us indicators that we're just... Uh, we are children of God and that we have access to him just like Jesus does.
1: And something that really blows my mind is when he he commissioned the disciples and he said, you will do greater than I because I'm going. Oh, you know? like, what in the world? Doesn't it blow your mind? I mean, just the fact that Jesus, he changed, like it says that he was there from the beginning. His name was the word. He changed his very being so that he could walk on earth in the natural realm and and walk a perfect life. And then, I mean, it just blows my mind that the God of the universe would go into this body of flesh and be born and just walk around as human. Oh. Yeah, it's mind-blowing.
0: Thank you, Lord. Mm. You're so good. You know, 2 Corinthians 6.18 says, and, uh, and, quote, I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Mm. Here's another one. John 1, 12 through 13. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Mm. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. Yeah. It's a right. I love that. Like, we actually, it's it's a right. We get to stand in that place.
1: Yeah. I also just love what Smith word said. Like, he, God wanted us so badly that he made it as simple as possible. And that was through faith. That we could just be entering into his kingdom through faith. And I just, I love it.
0: Yes. You know, uh, one of the things that this causes us to do is to reproduce in our Father's likeness. To actually... Imitate. You know, it says to be uh, as dearly beloved children, be imitators of Christ. Mm. It says, uh, I believe in Colossians, and uh, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter five, to be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect, He's talking the Beatitudes,
2: mm.
0: and you know, He's basically saying model your father,
2: mm.
0: have face time with your father. There's a there's let's let's declare some things. Number one god is the perfect father Mm. number two he desires well-being for us number three god listens to what we have to say to him Mm. number four he watches over us day and night number five he's the provider of every person on planet earth and number six he wants to be around me
1: Mm. and he has written your name on the palm of his hand I love that.
0: Yeah, you know it says that you know can a can a mother forget the child um, that she is nursing mm. or have no compassion on the one she's born? Yeah. Though she may forget, I will never forget you. Mm. I've written on you on the palm of my hands.
1: Yeah, I love the history behind that. Do you want to share that?
0: Yeah. Um, so, uh, I believe the history behind that is that uh, when uh, the young men would go to war. The women, the, the mothers, would actually write the name of their child on the palm of their hands mm. to remember them, and it was always there on the palm of their hands. They could remember the name of their child, yeah. and they would always keep remembrance mm. um, uh, for their sons.
1: And, and that's in a way that's what happened to us. Like he gave, God gave us into this uh, world so we could be um, taking dominion, but we also, in a way, born into a, a war zone. And um it's just really beautiful to Who's think. winning the war? We're winning the hey, war. We're winning the war guys. <laughs> thanks to you thanks know. to Jesus. Yes. But it's just beautiful to think that God he thinks about us like that, that he will remember us even even though we are away in the sense, uh in a war zone, then he still is looking at our name that's written in the palm of his hand and he's like looking forward for the to the day uh, looking forward for the day when we're going to return home to him.
0: Mm. Thank you, Lord. Until that day comes, we have a heavenly dwelling. Yeah. We are tents and yeah. we tabernacle the presence of God within us.
1: And we're seated in heavenly places.
0: Ooh, our spirits are are up in high places. <laughs> so this is part 1 of of the uh,
1: Father's love.
0: The Father's love uh we'll be sharing in the next episode about you know what that ha- what that means as as us being children of God and i'm i'm really this is i mean obviously you're going to get a lot more of the the how does this apply to me in the second part um, but this is the foundation you know for our lives this is what creates and sustains us is our knowledge of God as our father that mm-hmm. we have unlimited access to him that he's a provider that he cares for us that he actually knows our needs and Get this. He actually wants to listen to us. Mm. You know, when this sort of becomes concrete, and I believe um, in order for it to be concrete, it has to become an experience for us. When we experience this in our lives, it will literally transform the way we think, the way we act, the way we believe. I'm not the same person I I once was. I'm not the one that I once was. That's (laughs) a a country song. Mm. Yeah, anyways. We will not become the same people. I remember... um, I would wake up in the morning. In some mornings, I would just wake up fearful. I would wake myself right out of bed because I was afraid that I was wasting time, mm-hmm. and I would wake myself out of my sleep because I didn't want to. I didn't want to oversleep and waste time.
2: Wow.
0: I mean, I was I was subliminally Stressed motivated out. by fear, wow. you know. Um, but this sort of thing, like I said, encountering the 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 face of Jesus, encountering mm-hmm. the heart of our Father changes everything. Hmm. So, um... Let's... And, huh?
1: And just like, also the Bible says it's the kindness that leads to repentance. Hmm. So it's really when we encounter the kindness of God that we're gonna change the way we live.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. When we see how good He is in spite of ourselves, we realize we want to become like Him. Hmm. And God uses kindness in order to motivate us to become like Him, to repent. It's not just some massive chastisement getting a a, a two-by-four and whacking us on the back of the head. You know, God had many ways of motivating people. Yeah. And the two-by-four <laughs> wasn't the most common way.
1: <laughs> no. I'm also just thinking of uh, parenting and how I think a lot of parents, um, when they have different kids, they will actually approach the kid according to their personality. For example, I was like a super sensitive girl. So my parents didn't have to do a whole lot to change the direction of the way I was (laughs) doing life compared to um, maybe, you know, other people who are more strong-willed and they just maybe need a little bit more, uh, like, encouragement. Do you think I need that? I I didn't see you as a kid, so. Oh,
0: that's true. But I mean, you are pretty (laughs)
1: strong-willed. Yeah.
0: I don't know how I was as a kid. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't looking in the mirror too much, I guess you could say.
1: But, yeah, God, he is wise, and he he knows what each one of us needs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, all right. Well, Lord, we pray a blessing, and increase, and uh, that your favor, your love would shine on us, God, and that we would experience you as a truly good Father. Mm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If this blessed you, then you can help us out by sharing and subscribing and staying in touch. We will see you in the next podcast.